everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you're tuning in. If this is your first time listening to How'd She Do That, welcome. And if this is your, gosh, 46th time listening to one of our episodes, welcome back. I am so excited to share this conversation with my new friend, Jess Richards. She is the founder of Shin. You guys may be familiar with her company. And if you're not, you're going to learn a lot today. I love this conversation. I love this episode. And I have have no doubt you're going to want to send it to a friend. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. We enjoyed time with my mother-in-law out here in Los Angeles. My in-laws came to visit and we had a wonderful time and of course had a great time celebrating my mom from afar. I posted a picture of her on How'd She Do That podcast and we even got into a lot of fun this weekend with my in-laws. We took a boat tour out of Long Beach and we actually spotted an incredible pod of dolphins. You guys guys can see photos on how to do that podcast as well as my personal Instagram at Emily Landers. I made a really fun reel and somebody commented and said they were going to save it for when they're sad. Could not agree more. It was incredible. So again, I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Well, in regard to the podcast, as you know, we always have so many fun things coming up. We've had so many things happen already. So if you are new, you are going to want to check out our amazing archive of episodes with incredible women. Like I said earlier, how'd she do that podcast? We answer that question each episode. Maybe take a listen after you hear Jess's story, head over to Laurel Gallucci of Sweet Laurel. She joined us last week and you're going to want to stay tuned because next week's guest is one I am so excited about. A little hint, you may have seen her on the Today Show. So be sure to stay tuned for next week as well. As always, come say hi on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Here is Jess Richards on How'd She Do That? Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Jess Richards, is the heart and soul behind the evolutionary beauty company, Shin. Jess started Shin as a 24-year-old who had just moved to Brooklyn and over the last 10 years has seen it grow into an incredible brand and force in the beauty industry. Shin is Brooklyn's original beauty store, curating clean, high-quality, under-the-radar brands founded by experts that are passionate and educated about beauty. Shin also offers facials, makeup application, waxing, and brow shaping. Customers admire Jess's vulnerability and adaptability, especially in the last year as she leads her team through countless COVID-19-related challenges. Through them all, the mother of two has come out stronger than ever. When Jess isn't working with her team, overseeing construction of her new store, or encouraging women to persevere, she is likely enjoying time at home with her darling family, which includes her two handsome sons. Jess, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. What a kind introduction. Well, I have been so excited to chat with you because what you have built, and then even just before we started recording, you gave me a little timeline that I'm looking at. And in your intro, I mentioned you started this business at 24. I'm so excited to hear about your story. I'm ready. This is going to be awesome. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. I think everyone else finds it interesting other than myself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you lived it, so it might feel normal. But yes, to us, we're ready to hear it all. And I love, I love to just dive in with my guest and kind of begin, gosh, at the very beginning. So perhaps you could give us a little insight into where you went to school, perhaps what you majored in. Um, That would be great. We'd love to hear. Of course. So I, well, I grew up in Southern California and um, lived there, you know, I moved there when I was two and a half and lived there until I was sort of 16. And I worked in a retail store there. And I always just loved the the interaction of working in retail and also being able to get things first. (laughs) And then when I was 17, yes, I was 17. I moved to New York to go to school at FIT. And so I went for fashion merchandising, marketing, and uh, advertising marketing communications, double major. And during that time, you know, I, I, I worked a lot. I did some internships. Luckily, I had really good friends who, who always sort of helped to guide me in, in the right direction. Hmm. And, and then I ended up working at Vogue. As a freelance stylist, sort of, you know, after college, I must have been 21 or so. <laughs> and wow. I um, then a couple years later, cut to, I realized I was pregnant uh-huh. and I had just moved to Brooklyn. And so I decided to quit working and be an underpaid schlepper <laughs> and um, not work, but I'm a bit of a workaholic. And so I decided, you know, after I had my son, which was April of 2009, it was like a month later, maybe. And my nanny was doing something in my bathroom and my face cream broke. And I realized that I was always going into the city to, you know, Barney's or Space and K or whatever, but, or picking things up on my travels. And so it was at that moment where I just decided, you know what, I'm going to open a beauty store. I know retail. I, you know, I know how, what nice things are. I'm not a beauty addict, but it's easy to find. And I'll just sort of bring in all the European brands that all of my friends and I buy in bulk when we're over there that aren't sold here. How hard can it be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you're saying, so this was April of 2009. You're thinking about, or excuse me, the baby was born. And then you're saying a month later, you started thinking about your next venture in business. (laughs) Yeah, I was, well, I'm, I I love my kids, but I also really love to leave them and come back to them. I think it makes me a better parent to have something that's my own. Not that I I have anything against stay at home moms. It's just not the right thing for me. Yeah. Um, And I had a working single mother growing up. So it's sort of what I'm used to, Mm. but I, uh, I had the concept and then I opened, I was in LA for about four months with my now ex-husband and my, and my son, he, he was there for some work and I wrote my business plan and just sort of found a space from, from far away and opened a store. Oh my, in LA. So the first store was in Los Angeles. No, 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 in New York. I, I was in LA for four months where I was dealing with everything. Um, and then when I came back, I opened the store just a few months later. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is a whirlwind of a process. And again, I'm just thinking about you being a new mom and making this venture. So April, so you start thinking about it maybe in May, what was the timeline of thinking and curating and perhaps purchasing to the launch of the store? Well, I started thinking about it you know, in May, probably towards the end of May. And then 
uh, in June or July of 2009, I registered my LLC and sort of started getting all my documents in, in order. And, you know, I, I had ha- I, I, I did a rough finance plan. Finance is, is not my, my sweet spot. I always say, I wish I, if I could do it over again, I would have just gone to business school or yeah. I would have been a, a great lawyer. <laughs> I ended up in beauty and <laughs> There you have it. And so I wrote this sort of rough um, business plan out, but I had called my friend who owns this store called VOD in Dallas, Valley of the Dolls, and she had just opened. Ah. And I said, how do I write a business plan? And she was like, here, look at mine. So I sort of like piggybacked on hers, you know, and made it and made it for me, Ah. which I've since done for many other of my friends. And I remember, you know, I came back from being in LA and it was probably like September or something. And I remember going to all the banks and being like, so I need to get a loan or you know, <laughs> SBA loan or how does this work? And I think everyone laughed. I don't know how many times I got turned down. Like I went to every bank. I went to every place I could think of. Wow. And it was, you know, it was also the financial crisis. So here's wow. a girl who's trying to open an organic beauty boutique with products that aren't sold in the U.S. <laughs> during a financial crisis. Like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's, I, I don't like to make things easy on myself, I guess. So <laughs> I found, I, had, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had met, I, I then randomly met a woman. Um, we were at a concert and her husband works in entertainment and mine now ex does and we were standing there, the four of us talking, and there was a, another couple, the couple that was performing that night, and they didn't want anything to do with us. You know, we're not like in the music industry; we're just <laughs> the, the loser wives. Right. So they kind of pushed us out of their circle, oh. and we were standing there talking. And she had just moved from the UK, and and she was a beauty writer and didn't really have many friends. So a couple weeks later, we went to lunch, and then a couple weeks later, we went to lunch again, and. She had, um, she, but prior to her moving here, she was going to create a brand. And so she was, and she was a beauty writer in the UK. So she was very well versed, I would say more versed than I, Mm -hmm. to give credit where credit is due, on UK brands. And so, you know, once I get a hold of something, I'm like a dog with a bone. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, there was no Instagram before I opened or when I opened. Wow. Which, it really dates me because it's very easy to go online, right? And like do digging and find something cool that no one's seen before, but that wasn't available then. The only thing was the internet, which I mean, you know, almost 12 years ago is not what it is now and, and traveling. And so that's how I did it. And then she came on board as, as uh, my partner. So she brought in the other half of the money and we opened um, October 1st, first 2010. And, and it was great, you know, but I think looking back, I think there's so many things I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's also like, well, if I had it, had done it differently, would I be here now? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a, a real correct path for anyone in particular, but I think the number one thing that I learned from business partners because I sh- very shortly after we opened, I she exited. I I bought her out. Wow. Is that you really want to find somebody with a skill set that's completely opposite to your own? Mm, yeah, 
Oh, that's such great advice. And two, I love what you mentioned about, okay, I'm writing this financial plan. I have no idea what this looks like. And you leaned on another friend to say, okay, you've done this before. What does this look like? And for her to offer up and to say, hey, just take a look at mine. I mean, that's that's amazing too, to think about all of the people that were kind of alongside you as you were moving forward. Now, tell me this, because this is so interesting to me. You mentioned that this business partner had perhaps more experience in the beauty world, being a beauty writer. What experience did you have? Was this just passion or was there a role that interests you in beauty? I mean, it sounds like it could be a passion that you just ran with. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, kind of, you know, it's interesting. I grew up in Southern California. My mom's a total hippie. Like (laughs) she was the one who was slathering coconut oil on her body as a moisturizer in, you know, 1970, (laughs) still up in now, you know, like I would go to school with um, my lunch and it would be a whole wheat sandwich with turkey and Brussels sprouts, like <laughs> the way, like no mayonnaise, no nothing. <laughs> and that was the way that I was raised in this like very um, organic life. Mm. And my mom is incredibly beautiful, still is even at her age. Mm. And and so I just sort of grew up in this like health and wellness you know, working out, eating healthy, taking care of yourself, not in a, in a superficial way by, by any means, but more in a mental way. Mm. And because all those things, you know, the way you, you look at yourself, I find is the way you feel and the energy you give out to Mm. people. You feel good about the way that you look. You're sort of, it's like when you walk out of the hair salon and you just got your hair done, you're Mm -hmm. like, yes, I can take on the day. Yes. And so I've never been, to your question, like I've never been the person who has a gajillion beauty products around the house. I was always the person that would go hunting for the perfect mascara. And Mm. I would have one. I would use it until it was done. I had one face cream and I would use it until it was done, but it would be like the perfect one for my skin. So looking back, I guess I was more sort of like a research nerd on beauty and what was right because all my friends used to ask me. But I was so obsessed with fashion and that was so like my drive in life right. that, you know, I also, you know, that I didn't think beauty would come to me. And mm. and when I went to beauty so long ago, beauty was sort of the, um, it was the, what's the term I'm looking for? Like the ugly horse in the corner, yeah. right? Like yeah. anyone who couldn't make it in fashion went to beauty. And right. so- and now it's right. It's the opposite. Totally. Every fashion has beauty. Beauty is the thing because of, you know, it's a, it's a big business and not as many markdowns. And so I, it sort of just ended up that way. But I guess my biggest dem- differentiator and the thing that really helped to propel Shen from the beginning was that I never look at my buy, my curation, the products that I'm bringing in, however you want to describe that. I never look at it from a perspective of what's cool. Mm. I always look at it from a perspective of, is it new? Is it different? And, you know, will it sell? Mm. And I think the first thing that I look at is packaging. And that comes from my fashion background. Ah. And, and as as um, sort of superficial as that may sound, as a physical brick and mortar retail store, 
and now with Instagram and shelfies, you want something that looks good on your counter, right? Right. right. So, so that's where I start from. And then it's sort of the efficacy. Does the product do what it says, Mm. you know? And, and, and then after that, you know, there's a lot, what's the story behind the brand? Is it Mm. filling a niche, a white space in my store that I don't have? Mm. Um, And then, you know, I would say most important is who is the founder? Mm. Because what you don't realize when you, you know, when you're younger, and I think as you get older, is you spend the most amount of time, more time than with your family or anybody else with the people that you work with. Mm. And so regardless of building a team, you know, and there's always ups and downs in in business and in a day, right? It's work, it's not fun. But you spend so much time with those people and you have such intimate relationships with them. It's important to pick and choose and make sure that you can really partner together. It's a partnership. Mm. And so I've had, you know, a few brands where I may have launched them and, you know, we had a great relationship and then they went into say Sephora or something. And then, you know, they're not responding to emails as much, or they're not sending me marketing decks. And it's like, you know what, if that's the path you want to take by all means, just go to Sephora. Right. Um, Or, you know, I had one brand years ago that was one of our best selling brands and I loved it and everyone loved it. And the woman was just so terrible to work with that I finally just said, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I'm not selling your brand anymore. And she's like, you're my number one account. I'm your number one. And I said, I don't care. We don't get (laughs) like I'm it's it's too draining. It's Mm. not worth it. Right. So. You know, it's hard and and you only I feel like with age and I, I'm not that old, but I feel like I'm a hundred. <laughs> with age, I'm 36. With age comes sort of this wisdom. I don't know if wisdom is the right word, but yeah. sort of this, you know, place in your life where you're like, I just don't need this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting too, to think about you getting everything set up. And I love what you're sharing. And for those of you who are listening, there's so many amazing tips that Jess has already shared with us. But a real theme that I'm recognizing and loving in your story would just be the networking element uh, on top of the friendships. Like you just said, if if I don't have time for this, I don't care if you're my number one, you're you're a pain in my life. <laughs> You've got to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't worth it to, to try to navigate this relationship. But I want to backtrack because this is really interesting to me. And I think my listeners would love to know. You mentioned, and obviously the world is very different now with social media and whatnot. You were booming before social media. I mean, you have really been in the beauty space from the beginning and really have have been Brooklyn's place, you know, go-to for all things beauty. How did the beginning stages, how did you get the word out? Some of my listeners, this might sound crazy, but remember guys, there's not social media. I mean, did some of your relationships from Vogue come into play? What did it look like to get the word out in those very early stages, you know, back October 1, 2010. What did it look like to get people in the store? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a challenge. <laughs> we had uh, we had a huge um opening event where I we flew in all the vendors from the UK. We had tons of press and friends and family there. Yeah. Um and I think in all honesty, you know, I go back to my relationships that I've built forever and mm. and there's people who I I look back on on my career and I think God they've helped me and I can't help 
them in that way, but I can only pay it forward, right? And so one of them is, used to be Lauren Davis, now it's Lauren Santa Domingo. Like she really gave me my leg up in the industry and and we still talk all the time, you know, and and she's always there as a listening ear and with great, you know, candid advice. Wow. Um, and, and, And I think, you know, besides building my relationships and my network over the years, you know, I've lived here almost 20 years, August will be 20 years. Wow. I, um, I, I think, you know, making sure that, and, and don't get me wrong, I've burned plenty of bridges, but not burning bridges is a huge thing. And then, you know, being able to ask for help Mm. people, I only have one person actually in my life. Uh, that's a, a dear friend still, but has been a friend of mine for for almost twenty years. That just doesn't want to help. That's not who she is, <laughs> right. and that's fine, right? She has boundaries, and that's fine, right? But I, I find that it's not about boundaries. I really think that if you can be an asset to somebody in any way, it's only you know going to help you in in the long term, and and to not think about it as even helping you, just mm. wanting to help people. You know, like mythology who just rebranded um shen for us was a real help in a time where i didn't know if i was going to be able to survive if shen was going to be able to survive with a new lease and an investment deal falling apart and then a global pandemic wow and and that's a dear friend of mine that i've been friends with for years who says to me you've sent me so many clients you've helped so many brands like let me help you wow so you know, and that's from somebody else, right? So it's like, you're just paying it forward. It doesn't have to be to that person. But I think acknowledging those people and saying thank you. And then even when you do pay something forward, like I didn't, I've said thank you, and I haven't returned the the favor. But just so you know, I paid it forward to someone else today. And I was mm. thinking of, you know, like, those are just really important things. And and launching Shen with no website, it was just a brick and mortar store. Right. Oh. No Facebook, no YouTube, and no Instagram, and no Pinterest, right? Like none of that. It was just focused on engaging with the consumer. Wow. And in Brooklyn, when, you know, this is 13 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, no one was really in Brooklyn yet. It wasn't right. the place. And so everyone said to me, you need to open in Soho. What are you doing? And I said, maybe I do. But you know what? I don't live there. My family isn't there. I want to be close to my kids, own a business and know my community. Mm. And so I think through, you know, social media coming around, um, friends helping to get the word out, editors really excited about seeing new products rather than, you know, the typical well, now you have a, a new color of your shimmer brick to talk about. I think, you know, it sort of turned the industry a little bit on its head because when I started, no Sephora, Nordstrom, Neiman's, you know, there was no in sort of not indie, but smaller chains yet. Right. None of them had anything to do with the brands that I was working with. Wow. Cut to, you know, maybe five years ago and there's, you know, Violet Gray, Credo, Folane, Detox Market. Sephora now is focusing on clean beauty. Nordstrom is picking up my brands. Mm. I'm, I'm consulting for these big box retailers, you know, and so it's interesting how how the model has shifted um, and, and what's come out of that, because I think just people helping people and, and creating newness and something that people can get excited about is really what the ethos of Shen is about. 
Oh my gosh. Well, so well said. And it's obvious throughout your career and even throughout this conversation. And I love to, I just want to piggyback on what you shared earlier about paying it forward. And there are going to be people, and, and this really speaks to me specifically with the podcast and even being able to speak with you today. There are going to be mm-hmm. people in our lives and in our careers that we literally can't thank them enough. I mean, there's no way that we can repay them for their generosity or for their time or for the mention that they gave us in their publication. But I love, I love, actually, I just got chills thinking about this. I love what you just said about making an effort to pay it forward on their behalf. I mean, that really gets me because there's so many people throughout launching the podcast and throughout my career, I'm thinking about my life and listener. I hope you're thinking about your career and your life as well. Who have those people been that you may never be able to totally give back to them what they gave to you, but like just said, you can pay it forward. And I love that. I love that. And I love the community element of all that you've been doing. I mean, it's amazing to think about you launching. And again, with so much newness in social media and whatnot, those things weren't available. So you really were in the community building those relationships. Um, But I would love to know, because this is going to be interesting, I'd love to know, are there any instances perhaps throughout your career that you'd say failure helped shape Shin? Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) I've failed so I've failed more than I've succeeded. Wow. Um, And I think that, you know, when you're first starting out, it's sort of like you're a teenager again, Mm. you feel invincible. Like, well, this is the best idea ever. Of course, I'm going to make millions of dollars and sell it. Right. (laughs) Yes. But what you don't realize is how hard it is to do that. And, you know, Failures, I would say, come in many different forms for me. Mm. Um, One, I would say, is figuring out how to properly manage a team is really is is really hard, and still something that I work on daily. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the best leader, but I'm I'm a great colleague, Um, and. So, so that's been really hard, you know, and I, I, I look at failure with, you know, my employees as employees who steal from me or employees mm. who take over a location under my nose that I was going to open a second location at, or they export my email list. You know, that's a failure on my part. Wow. Um, it's not solely blamed on them and, and their actions, right? Like there was something that you did that made them feel that they needed to do that to you or that allowed them to do that mm. or whatever. So I think that's one, I think, you know, being a single mom of two kids and and getting divorced in the middle of, you know, having a business is tough. I think, you know, you know, opening a store in a pandemic and having to shut it down and laying off my employees because I didn't have enough cash to actually just take care of them was something that I personally feel um, Mm -hmm. on the line for, even though they all got unemployment, you know, but I think, um, I went into opening this new store, which took a year actually with, oh, well, I've done it now. I've done it for myself. I've done it. You know, I've opened over 45 other stores for other retailers. Like I know exactly what I'm doing now. And to be honest with you, it was like I was starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. Every single mistake that I thought I had covered, 10 more that I hadn't even thought of came around. Mm. Um, and, And so I think, 
you know, just, just understanding that from you can't succeed without failure, you know, and no one's invincible. And, and I think every sort of time that you fall on your face, it helps you to be better at your job. It's not always the worst thing. And, and I used to not think that, but now I'm like, throw it at me. I I can do, I can do this again. I've gotten up again. So I mean, there's been a million failures. I've brought, you know, even small things like I took a risk on a couple brands, you know, over the years that I thought would be a huge hit. Nope, they were duds. Wow. So I had to financially, I had to eat that money, right? Right. right. Um, it just, you know, I mean, or not picking up a brand because I didn't think it was right, and then that brand takes off. Mm. That's a. There's just so many. I mean, there's. I, I could list them for hours, but no matter what, you know, out of that, I think comes a little bit clearer head and a more clear direction and a better boss and better all around human. Mm. Well, so it, humility. yes. I, oh, I love that. Yes. The element of humility. It's really cool just to hear your story because, and thank you for sharing that because I think those are some amazing details. And I think many listeners could relate to a lot of things that you just shared. Uh, you have a real resilience about you, might I add, um, that's that's inspiring. I, I'm curious because you mentioned this and, and I kind of fall on this as a, the most recent example, but wow, I, I'm sure in 2020, there were some dark times for you trying to navigate this new store. What is this going to look like? What would you say is the is there an equation that we can follow to to have the kind of uh, d- determination and bounce back that you seem to have? What do you tell yourself on those hard days that you just need to get through? I mean, thank you. I think I'm a pretty resilient person too, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I have two kids and I always and they're both so different, raised in the same household, same parents, uh-huh. and they're just Yes. And I think, you know, is it, I always go to the question, nature versus nurture, Mm. right? And, and I think I was raised with a single mother who worked her butt off and we didn't have any money. And our, you know, one fancy meal was every other week sushi from the grocery store. And so I think just sort of knowing that at the end of the day, you really only have yourself to lean on. Mm. And so if you can't lean on yourself, then you're not a good friend or a good parent or a good sister or brother or, mm. you know, cousin because wife, whatever it is, because you if you can't lean on yourself, then you can't lean on, then people can't lean on you. Mm. And so I find that really interesting, but I think resilience probably comes from my, my upbringing and mm. just realize that I have, I have no choice. Right. And I think, you know, prior to the pandemic, the year prior, I had left all of my consultancies to come back and focus on Shen, who with a man who had been really a mentor to me for 10 years, who I valued so much and is, you know, a brilliant or what, what I thought was a brilliant mind and, and only person that I could really see myself going into business with. Mm. And, you know, over the course of maybe six months of negotiations, I just had to walk away because the contract wasn't fair. Mm. Right. And it's like, if you're, if you're my friend and you're my mentor and we talk every day for 10 years 
and this is the deal that you're giving me, you're not a good person. Mm. And for, you know, and for you to think that, that it is a good deal, that's even worse of a problem. So, So that was incredibly heartbreaking for me. Um, both on a business financial perspective, but also an emotional perspective. Mm. And, and then, you know, during it all, during the negotiations, I had signed a, a lease for the new location that I just opened on a personal guarantee and I couldn't get out of it. And I had no bank loans. I'm fully funded, you know, now it's cash positive. So it's like any money, the business runs itself. Right. Um, and I ha- I needed a new design. So I had an empty restaurant at $20,000 a month that I had to figure out how to build out and pay for and figuring out the process of bank loans and contractors right. and, and designers is really hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one to play the woman card right. at all. Right. I'm just, I'm just not that person and everyone has their own experiences. So I get it, mm-hmm. but I've never felt that woman card in my life in any aspect of my career or life until I was dealing with banks um, oh. and being spoken to by the men at the banks. Like, wow. Like, it's just not smart. And, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because it's like they're confused why I'm cash positive. And it's like, why? Because you only invest in businesses that are in the red? Well, that wow. actually no sense either. You just have an ego and you want to invest in the biggest brand because that's the hottest thing right now, but you're not looking at it actually from a perspective. And, you know, I remember sitting at my house with my team, we were all working and the banker called me and I had him on speaker and he was so rude. He made me cry. Oh my gosh. And and he said, are you crying? And I said, I am. I've never been spoken to this way. I haven't done anything wrong. Like, I don't know what your problem is. Like I have really good credit. I have no, you know, no legal issues. Like there's no, no reason why this SBA shouldn't be giving me a loan. Right. And he said, he, he said verbatim. And I quote, this is why I hate working with women. They're so emotional. Oh. And it's and, and I said to him, you know what? I'm not emotional. This is my livelihood. And I've worked really hard for this. And you're berating me and and not, you know, helping me up and encouraging me. Wow. But you're still gonna give me the money. So it's like it didn't make any sense. And and that was the first time where I really sort of ex- had that experience with man versus woman. Wow. Wow. And yeah, what a slap in the face for that to be the response. But you know, what's coming to mind and I, I want to thank you again for, and this is so cool because um, through just looking into your career and life, I, I knew that you were going to be vulnerable and open, but thank you so much for sharing this because that what is coming to mind right now is that, uh, that quote of, you know, you walking so that we can run. So right. even with that experience, you're making the way for the next woman who speaks with him. You know, I mean, just even that thought right there to me is amazing as us as women, we can thank you for doing these hard things. We can thank you for starting Shin and for moving into talking with banks well, and, and et cetera, you know? No one ever wants to deal with him, but yes. <laughs> yes. Hopefully um, no one will have to deal with him again. Oh I my mean, gosh. I mean, I came to find out that he was divorced. His wife doesn't talk to him and nor do his kids. Oh so clearly. My, yes. Clear, 
Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, it's amazing. It is. It's amazing to hear so much insight. And again, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing so many behind the scenes of what it's been like over the past few years. And I know there's been hardships, but I know there's been really amazing moments too. I'd love to know what has been a real wow moment for you in your career. Oh, God. I think there's been a couple. I think, you know, one of which is when I hear my kids talk about me and how, Mm. oh, my mom does this and she was in this magazine. And it's like, you know, how I work, why I work so hard, you know, so that's a real win for me. I think also being able to provide for myself and my family with no help from anyone else is a real win for me. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to, I have a couple of, one employee that's been with me the entire time since before opening, that's a win to me to create this sort of family dynamic. Wow. Um, and then, you know, professionally, I don't really, I don't, I don't really look at myself as somebody who has, has won and is successful by any means. Um, I don't know why, probably it's an insecurity of mine, but I think you know, sometimes there's articles written about me and, and when I read them, it's like, wow, somebody wrote that about me. Wow. Um, you know, and it's a really special thing. Like, I think probably the earliest one I remember is when um, Sun He from Vanity Fair wrote an article about me and the top of the page this was when magazines were still in print. <laughs> so the cool hunter, right? Like she nicknamed wow. me. That was really cool. And then Jenny Fine from WWD the other day wrote an article in the women's issue of Beauty Inc. And she gave me a whole page and she called me the brand, the beauty brand whisper that everyone knows and wants to be or something like that. Wow. And I was just like, I don't think about that at all. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think about myself like that at all. I'm usually like trying to get my kids out the door to the bus. So <laughs> I, you know, I think just sort of those those things are, are really helpful. And, you know, like the, the little pats on the back when you're having such a hard time and Mm. just, you know, I think the biggest win though is opening this new store after Mm. what happened, you know, financially with the investor slash friend, and then going into a pandemic and being able to put one foot in front of the other moment by moment, it wasn't day by day, it was moment to moment. And having my architects and my engineers and my finance team and, you know, just everybody sort of rally around and just do their best. And it's sort of like this, this store, we all say it, the architects, the contractors, the designers, finance, everybody, they're like, this is maybe our favorite project we've ever worked on because it's the only one where we really came together as a family in the middle of a pandemic and we opened a damn store, right? Like. So I think that's my, for me, that's my, at the moment, I would say that's over the last 11 years, probably my, the thing that makes me feel most successful is like in the middle of a pandemic, I somehow figured it out. I mean, seriously, seriously, <laughs> like that alone is crazy. And again, congrats on that because it is no small feat. And 
I mean, how many people, I want, I truly wonder how many people can say that, that in a pandemic they brought together, and I love you just use the term family for your team and for outside people as well, for construction and et cetera, that you guys really became a family to see this thing through. Uh, I mean, the story behind it, anyone who's going to enter it, it's just going to be amazing. That That is amazing, Jess. That is, that is so awesome. Oh, and I love to, I love to the cool hunter. That's what I'm going to start calling you. That is the really nice. <laughs> and like, you know, it's like eight years ago. So it's like, it's, people are still referencing it. And I'm like, that's kind of awesome. That so. is, uh, that is literally the best, the cool hunter. Well, I, yeah. I would love to know because you mentioned this uh, and I think I'm just, listeners will pro- likely want to know as well. You mentioned this, you know, you, you gave a nod kind of to your history in, in fashion, you know, for for an eye for, you know, packaging and, and the story behind the brand and okay, who's the founder? But where do you think your eye for design and and really style and beauty comes from? Well, I think I'm a Libra, first of all. Mm-hmm. So Libras like pretty things. <laughs> um I've always been obsessed with fashion. My mom had great taste and was beautiful. And my father has impeccable taste too. Mm. So I would say it's probably genetic. But then there's my sister. You know, She works on a golf course and has no taste. Oh. So again. <laughs> I but, love um, it. I love it. So different. But I, I think it's just something that I've always been interested in. I love art. I'm always going. I just got my tickets to go to Freeze. Oh, I, um, yeah, you know, I love art. I love interior design. I love fashion. Like I, I like things that are beautiful or, mm. you know, but not perfect. Like mm. I don't like anything that's perfect. I like it to have a little bit of a flaw because I feel like it adds some sort of authenticity or, you know, something to it where it's a little bit more grounding. Mm. So good. And so true. Well, it, and it all shows you guys in the brands that Jess has worked with, uh, in Shin in and of itself, it's, it's a beautiful brand and what you've created is really, really amazing. Um, I'd love to know in all of this, what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? Really? I would say the number one thing is don't burn bridges. Mm. Um, you never know. And I tell my kids that all the time, starting from grade school, you never know when you're going to walk into a meeting when you're an adult and that's going to, the person who you didn't get along with in, you know, grade school or you shamed and you didn't even realize that's what they, they people always remember how you made them feel. And that could be the woman, woman or man interviewing you for the job. Wow. So that I think is, is probably number one. And then I would say the other thing is like, just don't give up. Like if you have the passion and you have the grit and you have the wherewithal, like, you know, you can make anything happen. Mm. Uh, You don't have to come from money to make, you know, to be successful. Mm. And you you just have to have a, a great idea or take somebody else's idea and make it better, you know, like. Just and, and so those things, and then I also am a big, huge fan of the cold call. Mm, yes, um, you know I think more oftentimes than not, and I I would say earlier in my career as opposed to now, I would just ask a friend, "Do you have this person's number?" And they're like, "Yeah, but they're not going to talk to you." I'm like, "Just give me their phone number." <laughs> 
So they would answer and be like, hi, I'm Jessica. I opened this store called Shen and I wanted to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and, and, you know, I would say um, 99% of the time, the response was, absolutely. Thank you so much for reaching out. I would, I would love to be of service or to help. So, wow. so not many, t- not one that I can remember has anybody that I've cold called not wanted to help. I think it's just taking initiative, mm-hmm. right? And and, and being respectful of, of people and trying your hardest, you know, you're never going to be perfect, but as long as you can walk away at the end of the day and say, you know what, today was terrible, yeah. but I did my best. Right. Like that's all you can do. You, you no one's perfect. Right. And so, you know, and then like building the right team and the right people around you, finding people that complement your, your work ethic and, and your skill set, I think are, are very very, very good places to start. But I think just don't burn bridges. And that's like the number one thing. It's so good. And it's so in line with everything that you've shared. I mean, there. I love, this is kind of the, the part of the conversation. I kind of think about all the different themes. And for you, gosh, resilience, uh, community, relationships, uh, discipline. Obviously, you're very self-disciplined and able to move forward even when things get hard. I mean, this is going to be an awesome episode for people to listen to again and again, because there's so many takeaways. Oh my God. Gosh, and I know too, there's always something coming. I know that Shin and you and the team, you guys always have something around the corner. What's next for you? Well, I've always wanted to open another store or two. I haven't done it. It's been Uh 11 years. Yes. Um, I'm not the type of person that cares about going into Soho or Brentwood or Melrose, you know, like that to me, I, I don't need to have a a store in the coolest place to, you know, inflate my ego. That's not right. I love it. I opened Brooklyn when no one was here. Yes. Um, So I have one location in mind that I've had for a few years and I'm just waiting for a space to open up there. It could never open up, but who knows? And then at the back end of the year, which was supposed to be the top of this year, um, Shen is launching something um, very interesting that's very different in the beauty space. Um, and I hope that it will be to market, you know, by September, October. So that's, we're working on that next, that next project of something. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we'll have to stay tuned and you guys, I'm going to give you a chance to connect with Jess and Shin here in a second. Some of you may have already looked her up, but we are, we're going to stay tuned because I know there's always exciting things around the corner for you guys. Well, Jess, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I just think like just everyone can do it and focus and you know, you just have to believe in yourself. I, I think that's the thing that keeps me going is when anybody says you're never going to be able to do that or why are you doing this? It just makes me work 10 times harder. So good and so true. And and just back to that theme of resilience. It's awesome to hear. And it's almost in every answer that you've given me, I'm like, this girl is resilient. That's that's really the I mean, it's amazing. And and truly I could I could literally talk to you forever. So thank you again so much for joining me. It's always fun. I love to kind of continue the networking theme, much like you've done in your life with with cold calling and perhaps listener, if you're looking for a little homework 
work from this conversation, who have you been putting off cold calling? Who who has moved into some role or perhaps their career has inspired you? Who is it that you need to cold call? That's my homework for you if you're listening, you guys, because Jess said it so well just to continue to think about, okay, how can I grow my network, et cetera? Well, I'd love to know, Jess, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their how'd she do that story? Oh my gosh. Well, yes, everybody needs to cold call one person. Yes. I love it. I love it. I think it's important. Uh, Mignon Gavigan, Gavigan, who was, I know was on your, we worked together. Oh, amazing. I love her. But, you know, I think somebody that would be really interesting would be Alana Drell Ziffer. Um, She, she oversaw, she was the president of, just to give people, I think, a longer trajectory of, of, um, of work, because she's, right. she's older than me, and I looked to her as a mentor. She was the president of um, Laura Geller and then sold it. Now she's doing Revive and they'll sell that. And she is the most kind, always willing to help introductions, anybody, her and then there's a, another woman very similar to her. I would call her a mentor as well. Tracy Holland, who owns a company called Hatch Beauty. And she is just all about supporting women and has done nothing but be supportive of me. So, you know, both a little bit older than me, but I think all, you know, we all have similar experiences. Mm. I love it. Well, thank you again. Those are two great recommendations and you all will have to stay tuned perhaps for a conversation with Alana and Tracy. Well, Jess, I have teased this a little bit and I'm sure that many listeners have already found you on Instagram. I'm sure you guys have already checked Shin out on their website, but where can listeners connect with you? Oh, yes. So now that there's social media, (laughs) I Right, because we didn't have that before. Um, you can reach me on it on Instagram at Shen Beauty, or I have a Instagram Jessica Richards Beauty. So they can always DM me. So I'm very slow to get to the DMs because I'm not a social media savvy, but I do get to them, and um, that's where they can connect with me or visit me in the store. Yes, <laughs> yes, visit the store. Oh, I'm hoping to next time I'm I'm on the East Coast, I'll definitely be coming to the store. If you guys are anywhere close, go and visit and support. And Jessica, I can't thank you enough for your time. Your story was just as inspiring and interesting as I would have hoped. And I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thank you so much. It was so lovely and I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we will talk to you soon. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Please join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon. Mm